1: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett
2: Organized religion was intended and does do our minds in terms of scaring us and controlling us and manipulating us toward obedience to authority. And school does the same thing. Big chapter. And... The truth about 9-11 was self-inflicted by the U.S. government or elements thereof to justify more worship of authority and letting in more sacrifice of more of our rights. The truth about the JFK assassination. And as I examine those things, I go on a big, big tangent about the CIA and I teach all I can about the background that I found of the banking and corporate forces that orchestrate these kind of events that co-opted and took over the American government over the last 160 years and the secret societies of uh, place people to manipulate and control our resources and our our time our energy our attention the things we're afraid of and the thing and how we're trained to do and believe what is going on is the way that the mainstream corporate media is telling us in order to scare us in order to control us all in 175 pages and wrapped bookended by my little journey and what's energy and if there's only one of us here and thoughts become things we can you know when More of us know that love will find a way, and then at the end I kind of wrap it up again with that to help us as adults, Richard, deal with the horrors.
0: Check out the huge selection of Strange Planet merchandise in my online shop. Go to strangeplanet.ca and click on Shop in the menu or find the link in the episode notes for this podcast at my strange planet shop you'll find unique men's women's unisex t-shirts and athletic shirts leggings tote bags mugs neck gaiters and stickers and more all emblazoned with amazing artwork designed exclusively for my strange planet shop by artist illustrator rick forgus if you're a fan of strange planet why not show it off Go to strangeplanet.ca and click on shop, or go to the episode notes for this podcast and click on the link. It's a strange planet. Dress for it.
1: Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett, pursuing the truth wherever it leads, exposing evil and corruption, and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs, here's Richard Serrett.
0: Bruce de Torres is here. He's a very deep thinker, he's a, a writer, researcher, former actor, director. And he's about to take a, a deep philosophical dive into the false official narratives concerning JFK, MLK, RFK, 9-11, and much more. Bruce, as I mentioned, pursued a career in acting, directing, and performing lead roles in comedies, dramas, musicals, after getting his Bachelor of Fine Arts degree. And then Bruce decided to write a book about energy consciousness and the nature of reality. 9-11 happened along the way. After years of research, he incorporated it and similar things into God, School, 9-11, and JFK, the lies that are killing us and the truth that sets us free. Hey, Bruce. Welcome. How are you, my friend?
2: I'm really great and uh, honored to be here, Richard. I appreciate uh, the warm welcome and uh, overcoming the little struggle of my being able to hear everything two seconds before we go live, so it's great to (laughs) successfully uh, hear you.
0: Isn't live radio wonderful? I call it just-in-time delivery. Well, in this case, it certainly was. (laughs) So I'm interested in your background, Bruce. Acting, musicals, directing, well into your 30s, I guess. And all you wanted to do, I guess you came to the realization that your job as an actor wasn't just to deliver your lines. It was about paying attention to your scene partner and listening intently and then Listening so intently that your performance was based on your reacting to to what they were saying. So how did that set the stage? How did that create this perfect storm that that led you off in this entirely different trajectory in your life and ultimately writing God's School, JFK and nine eleven 11 and JFK? Well, I
2: started paying attention in real life the way that I had learned how to do it on stage. And was shocked by a, just the miscommunications, the the my immaturity. i you know I always I functioned well. I had day jobs in different offices. I that's how I supported myself, nine to five, and I did all the acting in the evenings and on the weekends. And my and my friends loved me, and I probably seemed like, like you know a, a wonderful guy to a lot of people, but that learning how to really pay attention to my scene partner and then the folks in my life I just at, you know in my mid 30s early 30s I had discovered just all my rackets and habits of immaturity and manipulation and emotional dysregulation it's called and immaturity Richard just really in a nutshell and it and it brought everything to a grinding halt I still went to work I still acted in some things, but did a big spate of soul searching and really was despondent and really, really was ready to give up uh, completely, even life. And then I decided to stick around just to see what would happen next. I thought, okay, maybe I'm wrong about even this, the idea that I'm hopeless, you know, that my life was hopeless. I really, really was was burning in regret and uh, self-recrimination, just just self-hatred
0: at what I thought was foolishness, just foolishness. But you were filled with such self-loathing because, what, you thought you were disingenuous? Yeah.
2: Well, I was manipulative like a child. I, in, in my personal relationships, you know, you only hurt the ones you love. You know, I could function at jobs and I could go to auditions and win parts and I could successfully you know be cheerful and you know get plays going until you know people wanted to use me as the lead in play after play after a while this is all off off broadway non-paid stuff but I was also getting on television and things like that but just in my personal life Richard with the people closest to me um I just I had seen you know going looking back in my 20s and and college and high school I felt I was, I was an idiot. I just felt that I was a, had been a fool and, and um, thought I would have been a lot more farther along in my life. Had I been more mature, if I had been more considerate, had I been more just all, all the greater, all the, all the simple things that I, I saw was possible when I could now look in someone's eyes and really hear them and regard them and, t- and take them in. That's really it. That, that's really, uh,
0: you know, what was it was a real brick wall. I, I right. Hit. But the thing is, you caught yourself, Bruce. You realized that you weren't doing that. And it sounds like, at least in your performances on stage, you said, well, no, I need to pay attention to my scene partner. And then you caught yourself and you needed to do that in real life. Why wasn't that, you know, when you started, I think you, you used the term melding and bonding and merging with your scene partner and then trying to do that in real life. Why wasn't that enough for you that, hey, I'm trying, I'm, I'm going to correct this. Were you finding you weren't able to do that in real life? I got to all that you just described and you just
2: described how I enjoy my life now. But for about a year, year and a half, I just was burning and churning with the regret and the recrimination of the missed opportunity for 30 years to have loved and enjoyed my, mm. my family, my relationships, my friends, the way that I could now on stage to, to pay attention to someone like that as I'm trying to pay attention to you in this conversation. Trying to pay attention like that to every moment of my life is is a joy. It's a challenge, mm. but it's, it's a joy because what I contend and uh, like to to claim and get people thinking about is when we experience what's real, which means what's present right here, right now it's love and it's joyful, which is what meditation takes people to, which is what the poets take people to, which is, which is what uh, physicists even, uh, well, they don't call it love, but they do say, wow, it's conscious and our intention certainly influences what we experience perhaps completely. And right there was the turning point because after the months and months of despair and life review, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why didn't I just surrendered? Okay, I'm going to take it one day at a time, probably like an alcoholic recovering and saying, I know nothing and I'm going to surrender to a higher power and just trust. Right. At that moment, a friend gave me, just for whatever reason, the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And it's it's a very metaphysical book. And it teaches thoughts become things. Thoughts are made out of energy and they become things. Everything's made out of energy. And if we can conceive it, we can create it. So I thought, okay. And it also felt exactly kind of the influence people can have on each other that I felt on stage and then also in real life when we, we pay attention to what causes what. You know, how we regard each other. I wish that, you know, I, I could see you on camera. I can't right now. It would be fun to see how, you know, you're looking at me. I'm looking at you. And, I, you know, we can take I could take into consideration you know, how you're hearing me and how I'm hearing you. You get the point you've had. You're a professional conversation. You get the point more than most. <laughs> um, <laughs> conversationalist. So, okay, thinking and grow rich. Okay, thoughts become things. Everything's made out of energy. I thought, all right, what could I create that would be worth a million dollars? Okay, As an actor, you never have any money, so sometimes you think about things like that. And I thought, well, what do people value? Well, we value what helps us live. We want to exist. And just that simply, Richard, the next question I asked myself was, well, is that why energy burst into existence, supposedly 14 billion years ago in the Big Bang, to become the universe and everything in it, including you and me in this moment, because it wanted to? Is energy the intention to exist? Is the intention the ability? And that's why we get thoughts, because everything's also got gravity or attraction. So my question, why did this happen, will attract all these answers. If you ask this question, why did that happen? Or how is my life terrible, will attract a million infinite answers to that question or why is my life wonderful will attract infinite answers to that so my mind was blown Richard by this concept of infinite power and also infinite uh, responsibility that uh, everything is made out of the intention to exist so can we create whatever we want and all at once it jived with what I loved about all the writers, all the fiction, all the poetry I had written, uh, excuse me, that I had read my whole life because I was a lifelong reader from a very, very early age. And it also felt like it described what I was experiencing on stage following the impulses and the speeds and volumes of my scene partners. And it worked for me. And also, you start, I started reading about energy according to physics and discovered quantum physics and that whole, all those ideas about the presence of the observer in influencing and determining what the observed becomes. Many students of quantum physics say there's no place where you stop and the rest of the universe begins. Everything's influencing everything. And, and I, so I got a big aha. Wow, I can write a book about that. And I started researching and reading all about energy and quickly also at that time discovered the writings of Ralph Waldo Emerson, the transcendentalist from the 1800s. And I'll name Rumi the Persian poet and Khalil Gibran and all the esoteric, all the mystical, magical writings, the Upanishads, the the Bhagavad Gita. The uh, Eastern traditions, all the Zen traditions, Richard, are all describing what I'm trying to describe right now, that this is something of an illusion. There's only one of us here. We're pretending to be separate people, moving sequentially through this thing called time when in actuality, like Deepak Chopra says, in reality everything happens all at once but in time and space and in a linear in this three dimensional four dimensional realm we see things uh, sequentially so that really turned me on to 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 write about that and I started doing that and I did that for years
0: and this so this is this mid- book that we have now in front of us god school 911 and jfk The Lies That Are Killing Us and the Truths That Set Us Free, started out as simply a book about energy and consciousness and the nature of reality. Exactly. Exactly. So uh, we're rolling into a break here in a couple minutes. We'll just start this part of the conversation now. And then once that music starts to percolate up, we'll take a break and continue after. But then how did it go from that? that book about energy and consciousness and the nature of reality into an examination of all of these official narratives and this brief history of the United States that you take us through in this tome. No, that
2: was uh, that took years because I had written and developed and I can't hear the music. If you're hearing, I can't. Not, hear not it. yet. I'll let okay, you. Okay, know. <laughs> good. Thank you. Um, I had thoroughly written over the course of almost 10 years all about energy and consciousness and identity, because that's a huge uh, component of that whole package of thoughts. Um, and I had I had drafted up to two hundred and some pages, and then Richard, I crushed like a snowball, and I, my model, my metaphor, was also crushing it like like a diamond. And I didn't want to say what you what others had said really, really well in many many other books. So after nine years or so, I had 39 pages. I had 41, 39, 41 pages, something like that. And in 2004, I had a, I, I met a fellow who said, 9-11 is not the official story. Muslims had nothing to do with it. You really need to look into it. And that's the first I had heard of anything like that. So I started looking into 9-11. And i i had my mind blown because to to pull those threads apart and you you st- i i i guess the sequence was very quickly i found david ray griffin's books especially his first one the new pearl harbor right i, I found loose change on youtube i found zeitgeist by peter thomas i think his name is or Thompson. And he had a piece of Loose Change, and he had a piece about Christianity and Zeitgeist, and then he had a piece about the Federal Reserve. So I studied the Federal Reserve. And again, just another mind-blowing uh, – fields of fascination for me. So right. I or started, a swamp. Or a swamp,
0: <laughs> depending on – I mean, you can get lost in there, can't you?
2: Well, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And to uh, share that with, with the folks in your circle – uh is is quite adventurous now that i was at that time i wasn't acting anymore and i uh but i was going every wednesday night to an open mic night at a divey little bar i was living in atlanta at the time and they had singer-songwriters everyone had 15 minutes but they also let spoke Word. So from the mid 90s to the mid 2000s, every Wednesday night, I was talking about energy and y- unity and the holographic nature of reality. And this is all an illusion. And there's only one of us here. And
0: hey, Bruce, I got to jump in. Pardon the interruption. We're going to take a quick time out. We'll come back. We'll go back to that divy bar. In Atlanta, Bruce de Torres is with us. God, school, 9 11, and JFK, the lies that are killing us and the truth that sets us free. Back with more after these. Hi there. I want to tell you about a podcast I know you're going to love. It's called The Dead Files from Travel Channel. There are so many crazy stories on The Dead Files, and what's interesting about Amy and Steve is that they investigate the hauntings from two totally different perspectives. You listen to my podcast because you love tales of the paranormal. But if you want more, listen to The Dead Files wherever you get your podcasts. C60 Evo delivers the miracle molecule ESS-60. It's pure carbon 60. Why not love your body and share C60 Evo with those you love? ESS-60 from C60 Evo is a mega antioxidant for increased strength, endurance, flexibility, and a deeper sleep. It's great for pets too. I take a tablespoon every day and so does the mighty Aphrodite. We're both sleeping better than we have in years. And during the day, we have such tremendous energy and vitality. We're both pain-free. In a landmark, peer-reviewed animal study in Paris, France, rats fed ESS-60 lived twice their normal lifespan. Go to c60evo.com slash Richard serrett or click on the C60 Evo link in the episode notes. Use the code EVRS at checkout and save 10%. ESS60 from C60 Evo. Order your miracle in a bottle today.
1: The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. Then, it is violently opposed. Finally, it is accepted as self-evident. Let me just read that again. I don't know what that means? Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Bruce de Torres
0: is here, former actor, director, performer, and uh, now researcher, writer, deep thinker. And the book is "God School 9/11 and JFK: The Lies That Are Killing Us and the Truths That Are Setting Us or That Set Us Free." Uh, the website incidentally is com, and i've hooked up to his website at strangeplanet.ca just click on bruce's name and it'll take you right there so you're you're kind of doing what like a kind of a lenny bruce or dick gregory uh, kind of routine you're just you're just speaking truth to power at this dive bar divey bar in uh, atlanta georgia talking about the the nature of reality how did that go over by the way with the crowd on open mic night
2: Oh, it was always a blast. I'm very comfortable on stage, and at first it was a whole new way to be on stage because I was used to having other people up there and more or less ignoring the audience, but not ignoring the audience. It was it was a, little, a bit of a transition to learn how to speak to a crowd, and but I got looser and looser and had more and more fun, so that everyone had fun. That was really gratifying because that was a huge challenge after being on stage in a different way, you know, in plays. So it was very much like stand-up comedy and just improvising. But I would often prepare uh, great notes about what I would talk about. And that was all about the energy and the consciousness and all that other stuff that we talked about before. And then after 2004, when I started uh, researching 9-11 and the truth behind the scenes and who, who really pulls the strings and how the world really works. I started talking about that every Wednesday night. And then in 2011, it was the 10 year anniversary of nine 11. So I prepared seven nights, seven Wednesdays in a row, a real thorough, nice teaching about nine 11, getting all my ducks in a row. And for the first time writing, you know, organizing my thoughts about that two years later, it was the 50th anniversary of President Kennedy's assassination in 2013, and I did the exact same thing. Six or seven, writing about organizing that. And then in 2014, after 10 years of researching how the world really works, is when I got the idea that my ideas about energy consciousness, the real us, uh, were empowering solutions. And, and the truth about these horrible events were solutions to the, the lies that they are. Hence, you know, the four main topics of my title and the subtitle, you know, the lies that are killing us and the truths that that set is free because it seemed like, okay, I'm. it's not just complaining about the truth about organized religion and the mind trap that that is and school is a huge, is a big chapter and what a tra- trained obedience school School is and 9-11 and JFK. These are these are depressing. These are these are, but but uh, the solution is uh, the reality of those events. Knowing the truth about those events, so we don't get suckered by more lies, and we don't go kill more innocent people because we believe they're really enemies who attacked us. And also, if you embrace what I, well, you know, it's it's. These ideas about reality are not my ideas about reality. They're not just spiritual ideas about reality. One could just look at what quantum physics says about reality, consciousness, the holographic nature of, of perception, and and get equally as empowered that our thoughts and intentions matter. They dictate, form, and give us what we experience. And we can use that power for love and creation and sharing joyful existence together or fearfully competing with each other and walking, stepping on each other to to get ahead and not caring how we hurt others as long as we get ours. So that's what I put together uh, in in my book. And then in early uh, 2020, I submitted it to Trine Day Publishing, which is run by Chris Milligan, whose books right. I had been reading, um, and he he took it on. He said he couldn't publish it till 2021, so I had a year to write a new chapter called COVID-19 all last year, and my book came out just this past spring, and I've been uh, really gratified to ask people to read it who... Whose, whose books I'd read, who I really respected, and get have gotten some great, a lot, a ton of, of great reviews, and um, and have been this you know been interviewed a lot because I it's my first foray you know out as an as an author right, and I had hopes that it would resonate with intelligent people, and lo and behold, it, it has, and
0: uh, here so, we are, and you know it's it's fun. so let me let me take it back to. Napoleon Hill <clears throat> think and grow rich which kind of we kicked off the conversation with thoughts become things because they're made out of energy so when we look at 9/11 and maybe a little bit later I'll you know we just passed or a few weeks past the 20th anniversary and you um, know I want to go back to maybe kind of a laundry list um, that sounds like a kind of a callous way of putting it but a laundry list of the you know some of the the lies that you you uncovered regarding the official narrative. But getting back to Napoleon Hill, the idea that thoughts become things because they're made out of energy, That does that suggest or does that lead us then to understand that we are all complicit in, in things like 9-11 or a political assassination because all of our thoughts are energy and we are manifesting these things? Well generally
2: broadly yes according to Bruce. Okay. And <laughs> we would have to sit at a campfire for hours to to parse all you you've given us to in different ways of looking at the example you just framed. Uh briefly and succinctly, it's it's, it's fun for me to imagine that My life is a maturity test. That's all it is. And to apply the idea that there's only one of us here along these lines that, oh, also in light of the thousands of people, Richard, who have died and been revived and described a. Beautiful love-filled experience that, that they say is was more real than this existence. It's empowering to to uh, to me as, as an individual, and I spend most of my time alone with myself, like we all all do, to um, imagine that I'm an eternal spirit, and. I I I have no memory of what I was before I was born in this human life. I have an idea of what happens afterwards because of folks who've died and come back. And it's if if there's only one of us here and everything is an illusion and it's a it's a maturity test, then you know, you I can't help anyone and I can't hurt Anyone else but myself? I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't love anyone without loving myself. I can't hate or be mad or have a grudge against somebody else because, to some extent, this is an illusion. To some extent, Richard isn't talking to Bruce. Richard is talking to himself. You are the one and only spirit. That exists. Okay, so to 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 get this more grounded, I gotta ask. I gotta. I can't go farther without asking. Did 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 that make sense? Did you follow me that far? Uh, and and then we can. I want to. You know. I want to. Yeah. I mean, about
0: it's that. it's okay. it's a it's a it's a difficult concept for a linear thinker like myself. You know. But it, and I, which is why I love speaking to deep thinkers like yourself because you make me, you know expand my my perspective on these things it's um it does make sense but uh, but it's still difficult you you know you can you can understand it at a certain level but to really comprehend what what that all entails is you know it's pretty mind-blowing so this idea you know these these traumatic events these i think you you refer to it as a fright ride or something like that that are happening you know, on this physical plane. And, and here we are, we are spiritual beings having a physical experience on this plane. So everything that's happening on this plane, this, I, I guess it was, was Neil Bostrom talked about, a, you know, the holographic universe or a digital simulation. is the suggestion here that as these eternal beings, what's happening here right now, it's, it's like a video game. It, in the end, we're all okay. No matter what happens here, we're all okay. I'd like to think so. Karma and dharma are
2: ideas that are discussed when these claims or concepts get discussed that maybe it's not so scot-free. I'm intrigued by the idea of different dimensions, different universes, different realities. In one book I read about all this, Richard, they said, you know, theoretically, based on the computations of quantum physics and how energy works, that there could be infinite dimensions, okay? And every version of every event is always happening, okay? (laughs) Every version of our past, not only the version we remember, the version where we didn't get that girlfriend. The the version where we, you know, we remember we lost the game, but there's a version where we won the game. There's a version of the the past where the South won the Civil War. There's a version of the past where John F. Kennedy wasn't assassinated. And to just see, (laughs) maybe maybe I don't it's. It's my, it's my mind, right? I get to think whatever I want. So if I want to think that all my heroes that I've ever read about who look like they're dead, they're really alive. They're really surrounding us. They're really here all the time, as I've been here all the time, as you've been here all the time, eternally. The, the net result of these ideas, Richard, tangibly for you and I to deal with 2021 and the rest of our chronological years is simply this. To think thoughts that give us power. To, to think thoughts that give us power and make it wonderful to be you and I. And the thoughts that do that for me are not necessarily the thoughts that are going to do that for anybody else. But I wrote a book with my best thoughts in it hoping that there's enough people out there who are going to say, thank God I found this book because I'm getting a kick out of the way. This guy looks at things, which is the smallest part of my book because the big fat middle of my book, it's only 175 pages is a litany of horrors. It's to teach people the, the facts about what organized religion is. And that's, that's interpretive. That's my interpretation of what organized religion was intended and does to do our minds in terms of scaring us and controlling us and manipulating us toward obedience to authority. And school does the same thing, big chapter. And the truth about nine eleven was self-inflicted by the U.S. government or elements thereof to justify more... Worship of authority and letting in more sacrifice of more more or more of our rights, the truth about the JFK assassination. And as I examine those things, I go on a big, big tangent about the CIA and I teach all I can about the background that I found of the banking and corporate forces that orchestrate these kind of events that co-opted and took over the American government over the last 160 years, if not longer, definitely since the uh, Civil War, and uh, uh, the secret societies of, of uh, America primarily, Skull and Bones primarily, of uh, placed people to manipulate and control our resources and our, our time, our energy, our attention, the things we're afraid of and the thing and how we're trained to do and believe what is going on is the way that the mainstream corporate media is telling us in order to scare us in order to control us. Uh, Like I say, all in 175 pages and wrapped bookended by, you know, just my little journey and then uh, what's energy. And if there's only one of us here and thoughts become things we can, you know, when, when more of us know that, you know, love will find a way. And then at the end, I kind of wrap it up again with that to to help us as adults, Richard, deal deal with the horrors. Right. And it, yeah. What
0: what what are your thoughts then on given that I guess there is some level of you know, since there's only one of us here, which is kind of a central theme, you know, this illusion of separateness, that, that there's just consciousness. Uh, and so there's only one of us present. And so there is a we, – we or the, the I, the us, uh, are, are somewhat complicit in everything that happens here. What does that say then about the nature of good and evil? Well,
2: it asks big things about it.
0: I'll refer to
2: a big book called a Course in Miracles.
0: That and you have Marian- 30 seconds. And you have 30 seconds. <laughs> Thank you for that.
2: Thank you. Well, we're going to, the, on the other side, we're going to talk about A Course in Miracles and good and evil and own it. We're going to own every intention, you know. Is it to welcome and love and reassure and make ourselves and everyone who can hear our voice and be influenced by our presence feel safe and welcome and wanted and loved? Or are we going to harden in fear, think we can be be hurt and therefore hurt first? And that's the context in which we'll explore, well, what's good and what's evil? It depends on your purpose. You know, good for what or bad for what? What's your purpose? What's your intention? And do you want something for yourself that you don't don't want for everybody else? And that's the beginning of ego is to think that I'm separate from anyone or anything, or from creation. That's also the alienation that hurts. And then I want revenge, because if I'm hurt, I want revenge. If I think it's my fault, I'll hate myself and I want to kill myself. If I think it's your fault, I'm going to hate you and want to kill you.
0: Given that you know we are the manifestation of our intention to exist, so I guess we have 100% responsibility for everything that we cause and and create so then leading us back to that question what does that say then about the nature of good and evil i mean there is there's no uh, there's no separateness right we can't say that okay you know we are the 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 sheep that are being preyed upon we are the victims of these powerful cabals or secret societies Uh, you know we have the white hats and they have the black hats it's not that simple then is it
2: no, and it's worthy of infinite exploration, conversation, speculation. You and I could talk about this for two hours tonight and then talk about it again tomorrow for two hours and really, you know, look at it in a whole different way. But to to not dodge, you know, the question, Bruce, what is good? What is evil? And, and uh, I, I'm going to stand on. The, the, the strength, the satisfaction it gives me to take responsibility for everything that I'm experiencing every second. So something like 9-11 happens, okay? And the f- that's, that's evil, okay? I want to know who did it, okay? I've, uh, I've got righteous indignation for, uh, and desire for justice about that. Out of empathy and horror for the people who, who died, I would love to see the perpetrators locked up, and then have an honest uh, judicial process <laughs> have its way with them. Okay, I I, I I don't pretend to know what their punishment should be. I don't pretend to to, to you know I, I I know that I don't know if they deserve the death sentence. I certainly want them locked up for the rest of their lives. Whoever they might be so. I'm not. I'm not saying that those things aren't real. Those things haven't happened. But when you look at the ideology and ideologies that seem to fuel the folks who you can find, uh, if not personally their names, the the factors and the forces that that are behind such things. For example, the good folks who've matriculated through skull and bones. Um, there's not all of them, not all of them, just like everyone at the CIA isn't complicit in its crimes and horrors. There's, there are factions, there are need-to-know, there's compartmentalization, but a lot of these, the elite of the elite who you really can implicate in, in a lot of horrors and a lot of evil, they've got very esoteric occult slash spiritual Uh, rituals practices that that indicate their beliefs it's tough to say what someone's belief is you can only deduce it from the evidence our senses can glean their behavior their habits their actions and for all i know they are simply acting out of exactly what i've embraced as a rather delightful life-loving idea that this is all an illusion and it doesn't it doesn't matter what you do i'm not that extreme because well because uh, i don't advocate i don't say
0: that that justifies harm to anybody or selfishness no because no, that could be a reckless uh yeah. you know viewpoint that nothing matters here this is a this is a, a simulation it's a game in the end nobody gets hurt because you know people do at least on this physical plane obviously uh, mm-hmm. so yeah we can't we can't Go down that road necessarily, and look at it just as this—you know—it's thrills, it's shocks, it's a, uh, it, it's it's like a like a scare house or, or a, you know a haunted house and on the midway or, or what or what have you. Anyway, go ahead, I, I I interrupted. No,
2: it's 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 all that too. I say it with such certainty as if you know I I've I got a you know I got the the tablets off of uh, you know the. These are ideas that I, I assert because of the fun and the power that they give me. And in my book, I've got 43, 46 pages of sources for every one of these topics, including a nice long list of all these lovely, starting with the Bible, stories, of, of how to look at things very philosophically, very poetically, very uh, esoterically, uh, Um, and and things like that and the first chapters in my book help uh anyone address these things richard because it's all about why do i think what i think why do we think what we think and i submit it's by habit i submit that's the reason most folks do most of what they do and the the extreme of these esoteric ideas which were I'm bantering about so glibly here, like, "Oh, it's so obvious." No, it's not obvious. It takes a lot of, a lot of thinking and reading and pondering, and you know, to 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 be to be comfortable enough to try, try to describe this. Um, and I just submit to you, Richard, just how most folks, because there, there are people with incapacities, and there are people who are insane. There are people with habits of negativity and cynicism and worrying who can't do what i'm about to describe most folks however enjoy nature most folks can enjoy being in the countryside or on the beach and watching children play and watching hearing the seagulls overhead and seeing the beauty of the sun coming through the flowers and take a deep breath and watching animals play and interacting with a child or a baby or or, uh, or an animal a puppy or a kitten with the or with just the right music and be transported into ecstasies that reveal to us wow you know there's there's a lot more going on than just what's on television tonight or just the horrors in the headline news And that's the whole access to spirituality that I would submit to anyone to to dabble with. And, And this goes back to my aha on stage, looking in the eyes of my scene partner and trying to bond and connect quite intentionally. It's falling in love. And what all the poets and what all of our friends and neighbors and relatives have described about what falling in love is. That's the bonding and the the experience that that turns the key and, and and inspires us to relate to all of life and every moment with that same uh, experience or intention. And to have that happen once is enough hope to, to for for many folks to. Uh, not give up when they are in the depths of despair because of this particular situation, that particular situation, because life goes on and there is that uh, that wonderful, loving uh, stuff that we can experience. And yes, bad things happen. And yes, there are uh, scoundrels out there who do horrible, horrible things. You can read all about it, folks, in my uh, thing because um, – I hope and I assert and others have said this and I embrace it that something will happen when enough of us know the truth about these things. I spin that and say good things will happen when enough of us know when enough of us know that our government has lied about things, blamed done things and blamed it on innocent people and have hurt and attacked and killed them, have uh, used our monies to perpetrate horrors and evils. All the things you've explored for years with your many many guests, Richard. Right. Um, well, it's quite uh, something to be uh, pontificating to so, such as yourself, who's well-versed well schooled and well versed. Well, you it. know,
0: after twenty years, I don't know that I'm any closer to the answers. That's the maybe the the distressing part, or maybe it's not because you know, as you as you point out, like Lennon McCartney had it right. All you need is love, but it's not just some glib thing. I mean, there is a whole like. When you talk about engaging with your scene partner, melding and merging, and looking into their eyes, and what you're really you you know you're looking back at yourself, you're recognizing yourself, so you're loving yourself, um, and and I guess as we approach uh, hour two, something that we can pick up on the other side is then if that is ultimately what we're striving for, then is you know discussions about. Was it nanothermite? Uh, Who changed the Kennedy parade route? Who had the power to do that? Uh, You know, where was – was there a a second shooter on the Dell Tech building? Uh, You know, did LBJ actually confess to Madeleine Duncan Brown, his mistress, that, you know, he knew that they were going to kill Kennedy? All of those things, is that not a distraction? Is that not a trap maybe in a sense? Uh, to, that takes us – it's almost my, – my friend uh, Nelson Fall, who studied under Marshall McLuhan, and Nelson is a, is a semi-regular on the program, says that's, it's almost like counting blades of grass on the grassy knoll. It's mm-hmm. like where ultimately does that get us? But we'll, um, we'll pick up on all of those threads uh, on the other side, Bruce de Torres stays with us. Hour two coming up.
1: A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at conspiracyunlimitedpodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now.